Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. This is episode 43. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. How are you guys doing? What's going on? <laughs> it never, ever gets old. <laughs> I hope not. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure one day it'll be like, it'll be like, we get it, you're not that Matt Smith. I'm like, are you sure? You know, just, <laughs> just to throw them off for a second is really all I'm worried about. Are you sure I'm not just doing an American accent? <laughs> I'm actually really good at it. And impersonations. It's a thing. Things we didn't have. <laughs> hashtag things we didn't know about um, Matt Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are here and we are going to be talking about the first episode of the third series of the reboot, the relaunch. Um, mm-hmm. David Tennant's second series as the Doctor. Uh, the episode Smith and Jones, which is also mm-hmm. the introduction of Martha Jones as companion. Mm-hmm. Oh, Martha Jones. I love Martha Jones. I so love much. Martha Jones. So this is going to be an episode. This is basically going to be 45 minutes of us gushing about how gorgeous Martha Jones is. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, Freeman Agumon. Good. I know, right? Oh, it's so it's just so... not. It's not fair that someone that gorgeous exists in real life. I know, and um, she gets to go act on like Law and Order UK with Peter Davison, and you're just like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, I love, I love the BBC and how, like, how I was actually talking about this the other day. I was, I was, I was thinking about like the limited pool of actors that they have to work with, which is, you know, it's not a slam. They just don't have the industry that we have in the United States. Um, not a slam. It's just facts. Um, <laughs> and it's it's always interesting to see like the crossovers that you have within shows. Like you know, watching something like Jekyll and being like, and you're Agatha Christie, and you're the chick from the Silurians episode, and you're the chick from Coupling. And, you know, just it's it's, it's uh-huh. just funny. It's delightful. I think it is. It really is. Uh, so uh, if you've never listened before. We're from the website geekshowentertainment.com where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about that stuff. Uh, like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Geekin, Have You Met Ted, which is a How I Met Your Mother podcast, the patio book series Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, Movie Night at Geek Show, which is a movie review uh, podcast that I do with my co-hosts Nick Jimenez and John Pavlich, as well as Geek Show Soundcheck, which is a music podcast that I do with John Pavlich, um, and more shows on the way. And you can listen to all those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on those episodes or some of the articles that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review, as iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. Also, word of mouth, if you like the show, tell people about it. Um, sure? Although I don't, I don't hear a whole lot of podcasts uh, coming up in in normal 
uh, conversation like outside of yes. the internet. But uh, they yes. should more. They yeah. should become um, uh, regular, regular talked about topics of discussion. Yeah. Uh, you can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, and suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's tdc as in the Doctor's Companion. Uh, what, what, do, what do you got? What do we got for background and significance for this episode? Do we have a whole um, lot? Well, as we talked about last week, uh, background and significance, not as interesting to me as um, in the classic series, but there's some good stuff. It's uh, the first time that we have a companion introduction in the new series, technically, if you think about it, because um, mm-hmm. uh, with Rose, you know, that, that story was about, you know, the Doctor and Rose meeting up, but it's not, you know, you don't have an established Doctor, um, which is what we have here. Um, it was originally called Martha, which I think is really funny um, and interesting. Although I love the title Smith and Jones more, I think it just works. Um, mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was the first in season three, uh, and they actually I, th- I love. Um, we'll talk about these characters a little bit more later, but uh, there's two actually alumni from um, the classic series who show up in this. Uh, Clive, who plays Martha's dad, was a guard in um, like a soldier in um, the second arc of the ti- of the Trial of a Time Lord, which is called Mind Warp, which we're talking about in, well, hopefully before the end of the year. Um, and then uh, the the woman who plays the Plasmavore, um, I forget her name, I think her name's Florence, which is lovely. I love the name Florence um, in its own sick way. No offense to any Florence listening. I, I, I like your name, I just think it's a silly name. Um, was also a nurse in um, uh, The Curse of Fenric, uh, which is a Seventh oh. Doctor story. Uh, so it's it's always fun to see you know classic actors coming back for for new stuff. Um, I had I had a really great moment uh, recently where I rewatched um, a Unicorn and the Wasp, the Agatha Christie episode in season four, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the the old gentleman in that story is played by I think it's Christopher Benjamin who played um, what's his name uh, it was it was Henry Jago from. Uh, Talents of Wang Chiang, and I love that story, and I love that character, so it was really weird, because I'd watched that episode, like, four times, and I watched it, I was like, oh my god, right there, guy from Talents of Wang Chiang, and, and no one believed me, and then I showed it, and they did believe me, so it was, it was really, it's really exciting, I love it when that sort of thing happens, and it happens here, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. And then, uh, I guess it should be whole, noted... Huh? Oh, it feeds into that whole notion of, like, um, BBC crossover actors, because there aren't that many actors who work in England... Um, or at least, you know, the, the pool is smaller. Um, so it's just, it's it's weird, it's interesting to always see them come from the classic series to the new series, you know. Right, and and speaking of that, it should be noted that while this is free, uh, while this is Martha Jones' first appearance in Doctor Who, it is not Freema Agumon's as she played a mm-hmm. uh, doomed assistant in the finale of the previous season. Yeah, which is which uh, was my which... favorite thing about that, because I had actually seen pictures of Freema Agumon before watching Army of Ghosts, and then I saw Army of Ghosts, and I was like, I think I just met Martha Jones. And then Martha Jones gets cyber-converted, and like they pull stuff out of her ear, and she's dead. And I was like, maybe I didn't just meet Martha Jones. And then they explain that away in a single line in this story, which is hilarious. Oh, did do they? I must have missed Oh, yeah, there's, there's a great line when they're on the Magnificent Terrace scene um, where, the, where Martha says... Um, she talks about... They're talking about the Battle of the Canary Wharf, and and aliens and stuff, and Martha's like, my cousin Adiola was in the Battle of Canary Wharf and she didn't make it out alive. And I think it's oh. just really funny. Oh, that, that is funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my my cousin that looks exactly like me. Um, <laughs> it's the weirdest yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, because I, I have cousins that look exactly like me. We're like twins. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that happens all the time. Uh, yeah, it's, so, it's this weird phenomenon, really, honestly. Yeah. Uh, before we get started with the uh, discussion of the episode, uh, just want to remind you guys that we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, which is Why the Last Man, Deluxe Edition, Volume 3, by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. And you can get that for eighteen fifty nine or thirty eight percent off uh, the suggested retail price of twenty nine ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping, uh, which you can't beat. So buy this and a couple of other things and get free shipping. Uh, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. You know, it's funny. I actually I was in a comic book store with a friend who wasn't into comics and. I pulled off like three books off the shelf because I was like, well, you're in a comic book store. You should get something. So I pulled three books off the shelf. She picked Scott Pilgrim. I picked The Walking Dead and Why the Last Man because why not? So if you haven't read Why the Last Man, go do it. Why Why are you listening? Well, listen to this and then go and then go buy it and read it because it's crack. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's the good. first the first the first like uh, trade paperback volume is only like 10 bucks. So. Oh, yeah. And it's just great. Like, uh, oh, that first volume is insanely good. Yeah, not that the rest yeah. isn't good because the rest is great all the, pretty much all the way to the end. But like, oh man, I remember reading that first volume and just being blown away by like, okay, yeah. this is genius. This is one of the first non-capes books I think I read. I uh, think same for me. Like that it yeah. was I. Th- I forget why I picked it up. I don't even remember why I picked it up. But I think because I don't remember if I read that or Runaways first. I probably read one Runaways first. I I know I read one Runaways first, and I think that's why mm-hmm. I picked up why. Because I was like, man, Brian K. Vaughn, he's really good, right? Yeah, Am yeah, I yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, he's great. <laughs> so then I picked that up. I even – I think I might have read Ex Machina maybe before that, but that's still kind of a Powers kind of capes book. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. To it's, a certain it's, extent. Half of yeah. it is. The other yeah, half, half of not. it is. The other half but, is West Wing. Uh, yeah. the, the West Wing but, bits are much better than the actual capes parts, which is kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, well, touche, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, regardless, this isn't a Brian K. Vaughn podcast. Um, oh, well, well he... I'm sure we'll do one of those eventually. <clears throat> unless he writes an episode of Doctor Who, which I would not be opposed to at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody I would should love call that. him up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, might, up. I might be able to help you there. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. But maybe. But I can't. <laughs> You're like, Smith, maybe, what can but I, I won't. I, I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, just call, say you're Matt Smith and you're wanting Brian K. Vaughn to write an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's all I want. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no need for him to call me back. No, no just, just tell, just send him that message. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just tell him Matt Smith wants him to work on Doctor Who. Call Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Stephen Moffat's not going to know anything about it. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm really humble, so I'm, I'm going to feign innocence till the day I die. About not knowing <laughs> what's going on, but just trust me on this, okay? Go do it. <laughs> Click. You know, <laughs> that's how that's how uh, I roll. Yeah, throw my that's name true. around. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, we're talking about Smith and Jones, and this is the first appearance of the Jadoon. Yes. 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 Yes, which are a phenomenal. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if you'd call them a villain necessarily because they're kind of not. Um, yeah, no, no, they're 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 in the camp of villains because they're not the doctor. Yeah, you know, like yeah, 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 and they're not companions or mm-hmm. um, or allies species. really. Yeah, I mean, they're ally, kind right. of on the same side, but they're on different pages. You know? They're only on the same side side because uh, they're getting paid to be. Yeah. So yeah, which is cool. Uh, I like but, mercenaries, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I like them. Um, I like mm-hmm. that they're uh, sort of uh, 
he said they were like paid police, you know, so they're yeah. kind of like rent a cops, only like really like BA rent a cops. Yeah, and um, they're kind of, you know, they're they're rhinos, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good rhino? And they talk funny, which is probably <laughs> my probably my fa- one of my favorite all time David Tennant moments is in the Stolen Earth when he talks to Dune to them, which is just amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, I love that. Um I also I love that I love that they only can afford one rhino head, which is funny. Um, it's it's a sort of like production thing that I, I keep noticing because I'm, I'm getting into like you know film production and stuff. But like it's it's always interesting to me when I watch, and you know you wouldn't realize it if you're not looking at it because it's done so well. But it's the sort of thing where like you know in the Daleks they could only afford four Daleks, or in the Invasion they could only afford afford six Cybermen. But like here they can only afford one Jadoon head, and the rest are just obscured by masks and stuff helmets is, and whatnot yeah. yeah which is fine it works i just think it's really funny so. yeah so just like the one leader takes mm-hmm. his helmet off mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's funny i didn't wa- i didn't realize that until you were saying it i that, that is funny yeah, um, i'm the one who points i always point that sort of thing out because i think it's i think it's really amusing when you watch a show especially like doctor who uh because the budget constraint on doctor who is so small always um, and like, it's, it's always interesting to me watching what they work on getting away with. Um, and the, the ability of them to mask what they can and cannot get away with. I'm like the, the motorcycle plastic creatures in this, or I guess they're made of leather. Were they made of leather or plastic? Yeah, they're made of leather. Yeah. The leather, the leather motorcyclists, which is taking that metaphor to its hilarious extreme. Um, mm-hmm. the leather motorcyclists. Um, they can, you know, it's it's a cheap way of pr- of providing a very formidable villain because you know you can kind of see through that it's just a dude in a in a motorcycle helmet, but it's still kind of it's still well done, and it's like let's just own this. We we can't afford it, so let's just own it, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I I love too. I think I f- I forgot how much I love the third season. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's great. It's just it's so good, and it's uh. I think it's the most well constructed of all of the Russell T Davies seasons. I think, yes. um, and I and I think that David Tennant is at his height here because he is. I think he's the most fun this season uh, because you know he's still kind of get getting his uh, you know kind of getting his footing together in the second season, mm-hmm. and then in the yeah. in the fourth season, it's like you know the road to the end. So yeah. you've kind of got he's kind of got that going in the back of his mm-hmm. head the whole time and you can kind of see it. So mm-hmm. he's he's a little more cocky than he usually is and he's also a little more serious sometimes and so mm-hmm. he's just not as much fun. But mm-hmm. in this season, uh you know, he's just he's just awesome and mm-hmm. and really just like at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think one of the things that makes this season so strong and we'll talk about it more as we get through more of the season, but season 3 I think if there's one fault of season three, it's that Martha's the companion because season three, uh, like I love Martha. I think Martha's great. And of the stories of season three, this is probably her strongest. Um, if not this one, then um, last of the time Lords, cause she's amazing in that one. But yeah, or maybe, maybe even um, uh, sound of drums. But I think, I think this is probably my favorite Martha story because it's so very much about Martha in a season that is constructed almost entirely to be about the doctor. Um, and when the doctor's not there, it's blank. Um, it's, it's interesting to me, especially because, you know, in this season you see him 
making an alliance with the Daleks, um, which is a whole issue. Um, and then you you have Human Nature, Family Blood, which is the best, probably the best exploration of the Doctor's character I've ever seen in my life. Um, at least the best I can think of off the top of my head. Certainly the best of um, Tenant's Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the Master story, which is a huge discussion of what it means to be a Time Lord. And then you have... Um, what else? Gridlock, which is just just a discussion of who the Doctor is. Like it's you know it's very much um, a discussion of the Doctor in the best of ways. And I think that my problem with that only becomes that Martha, in a lot of ways, is given the short shrift. Uh, it's not fair for Martha to be in this season because you know you have strong Martha here, you have strong Martha in the finale, and while Martha's good all the way through, she's still kind of shunted to the side. Um, especially in the back half of the season when it just becomes about the Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. But it's nice to see her here. I think she's really strong. Um, from, and from minute one, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I like the idea... I like the Doctor traveling with a Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I mean, it, you know, she's not a Doctor yet, but I still... Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's... Uh, I think that's really interesting. It's surprising that it hasn't actually "quote unquote" happened before. Um, I mean, you could you could say that Doctor Grace from the 1996 movie was traveling with the Doctor, but um, it's best that we just forget her. Um, <laughs> rewriting history. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of another Doctor. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I guess you could say that Liz was a Doctor. Uh, Liz Shaw mm-hmm. was a Doctor, but at the same time, she was much more scientist than she was Doctor. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think, I think it would have been it, it would have been kind of neat to have her outfit be the medical outfit that she wears, mm-hmm. like the medical jacket and everything, mm-hmm. um, instead of what we end up with, which is like you know the red leather jacket and jeans, uh, which I am totally okay with on every in every sense of the word. And I know I'm being like squir- squirrely fanboy here, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's I, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I think I would have. Uh, I think she would have stood out more. I think as a mm-hmm. as a character, if she would have uh, been stuck with him, uh, not coming out of a party in like party mm-hmm. attire. But, and uh, and and you're, and you're right because she looks great here. Like I really love her running around the hospital as the doctor, like as a doctor in this. It's a nice mm-hmm. sort of contrast to David Tennant in a lot of ways. Without mm-hmm. being, you know, it's not posh. It's you know, she's she's at work and this crazy thing is happening at work, um, which. Would be a hell of a day. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I. I just. Uh, there. I. I don't. You know. I don't know. I just. I really, really love this episode. I love the. Uh, uh, once again, like I think it's funny that we keep getting uh, villains that are very reminiscent of vampires, but aren't actually vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know. Uh, Doctor Who, like the Time Lords, had like the, that whole war with vampires or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. and and you can't really tell if they're if they're wanting if they're trying to make reference to that in the in a way where they're like, oh look, vampires. Uh, no, no, mm-hmm. we're not doing vampires. Gotcha mm-hmm. again. <laughs> well, um, I think the, I think my favorite thing about vampires in this. Um, sorry to cut in. I'll, I'll, just a real quick thing, but I was looking at the the background for this and. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but the the supervisor, Martha's supervisor's name is B. Stoker, which I think is really funny. Huh. Um, I know I didn't I didn't actually realize it until someone pointed it out, and I was like, okay, that's really good. Like that's really tongue in cheek and kind of hinty, um, in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. 
I also I have to ask like what the heck is that is is her straw made out of because she wasn't like biting them and then poking the straw in like she was just stabbing them with the straw. I think she's just a really strong old woman. And I think I think oh. maybe it's made out of diamonds like just the just the rim is made out of diamonds so like she can just poke it in and just you know. Oh okay. Take some. That, that, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I honestly don't know. Really I yeah. think my my thing about this story is like I don't I only have one problem with it, uh, which is the ending, because um, I think I think Martha comes to the oh my god you can travel through time thing re- a little too quickly. It's the one thing in this story that I think they should have done a little bit better, a little bit stronger. But because like you know you see the doctor at the beginning and he takes off his tie and he's like like this, which I think you know it's lo- like when you see it you're just like oh that's so good, and then at the end you realize that he just disappeared for like five seconds and came back, which is you know. All he could have done is just, you know, taken off his tie, turn the TARDIS invisible, and then come out. I mean, I think Martha jumps to the conclusion a little too fast for me. Um, just, you know, he should have he should have really brought her into the TARDIS, which is creepy. But he should have brought her into the TARDIS and had her watch from afar as he did it, which I think would have made her believe it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you're mm-hmm. right. I think that's probably what they should have done. Um, and maybe they didn't do it because maybe they just ran out of time. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that was originally mm-hmm. what they were going to do, but they ran out of time or money or mm-hmm. location shooting, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I I do like that, and I think the thing that I like about Martha, and you know, he's he's constantly impressed with her, but and and that's what I like about her is that she is really clever, and mm-hmm. she does like like you know like the air thing, um, how the woman is like, don't open the windows gonna lose all of her air and she's like you know uh we would have already been out of air because they're not airtight um you know just just stuff like that like i like that about martha a lot and yeah one of the best lines in this uh, one of the best lines in this is totally the part where he's like we could die and she's like we might not and then the doctor just goes good and he just runs off and she chases after him i love that i think it's so strong Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I, i just i I love that. I, I I love Martha. I really do, and I think that she makes for a great companion um, mm-hmm. to David Tennant. You know, we talked about this last week a little bit about how Rose was never really David Tennant's uh, companion, and I I still stand by that. And especially after seeing this, you kind of see the kind of companion that he needs to have, which is you know someone who can uh, you know be as clever as him. Um, or as mm-hmm. least as clever as anyone could be as him, um, mm-hmm. and then and and then at the same time, you know, he also needs a companion like Donna that'll just stand up to him. Um, mm-hmm. And but, uh, so but, yeah, I, I like that then, a lot. Even then, Donna's still clever. I mean, look at look at Doctor's daughter. Like the the way Donna figures out what's going on in the Doctor's daughter. Like she's the one who figures it out. The Doctor's too busy running away to realize mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, but right. I love I love that, especially because like. You do see Martha. Martha's very independent, but not so. You know, like when we talked about the Silurians, we talked about Liz being too independent. Martha's mm-hmm. independent, but not in a way that keeps her away from the Doctor. Like she just she works really well with him. They they're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. They're constantly running away. Um, and I love I love the way like I love the scene on the terrace. They're seen like on the terrace. It's like I think it's like five minutes, which you know in in modern television it's weird to see a scene that's longer than two or three minutes 
on most shows. But it's it's nice to see them just kind of talking and interacting and, and you get a little bit about her and you get a lot about him. And I was thinking about the story in terms of like what if what if you just showed like, you know, I I, I think the Doctor Who minus finales, you can pretty much watch any episode um, and really understand what's going on from the beginning. Um, you know, it's n- not every episode is like the best introduction. Like I know a lot of people who said that their first episode is blank to which I say, what really? Um, which, you know, yeah, that's, that. that's, I don't, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that makes a good first episode. Yeah. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't start on blink. I wouldn't tell anyone to start on blink, but you know, uh-uh. if, if you wanted to, you could show someone Smith and Jones and Smith and Jones in a lot of ways works like Rose does was where mm-hmm. like, you know, you you have the doctor, but it's so like even at the beginning, it's so much about Martha Jones running around, and you don't really see a scene of the doctor alone until he's hanging out with Florence in the MRI room and you know acting like a buffoon, which is a great scene. But you know you still have a great introduction to her family, which is what defines Martha more more than it ever did Rose. Um, and you have you know a lot of like I love the stuff at the beginning. I think that you know. We've we've you've said previously on the podcast. We've said previously on the podcast that Russell D. Davies' best stuff is his character work, and I love watching him do what I guess you would call kitchen room drama, as he mm-hmm. says, as he's constantly saying in interviews. But I love watching the kitchen room drama at the beginning of this. I think you know it's it's is it a little you know cliche? Yeah, but all kitchen room drama is cliche. It's just handled with such flair and panache that it's just it's just lovely watching you know Clive get into his sports car with his really like smoking hot 20 something blonde girlfriend is just lovely. Hi Martha. Hi. Like I just, I love it every time. I think it's just <laughs> really strong of him, uh, you know, yeah. and, and you can tell that this is what Davies loves and like, you know, it, it granted, it's still a great sci-fi story. You know, it's big, it's epic, it's exciting. They go to the moon, there's rain on the moon, there's Jadoon on the, Jadoon on the moon. Um, but you know, at the core, it's still a really strong character piece about Martha Jones becoming this person who's going to travel with the Doctor, and how much she already is that person, whereas Rose, you know, Rose had to learn to be that person, but Martha is almost intrinsically born with that quality, at least here, which is which is just lovely. It's so well done. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a, it really is a fantastic... Uh, just a fantastic first episode and introduction uh, to this new character and and her world and 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 you're right like you could you could really watch this and compare it to Rose and mm-hmm. there's just so many parallels um, mm-hmm. as far as the introduction of this character and everything. It's a, it's a little faster than Rose because like I think I think the the degree like you you know you watch you watch this episode assuming that you know who the doctor is but they still do a really good job of explaining who the doctor is over over time and doing a lot of showing not telling as opposed to the the 1996 movie um but mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's a lot about just like showing the doctor in action that scene where he's you know you see him in the bed and you're suddenly confused and thrown off and i was just i, was, I keep going through this episode and just thinking about how well it works and that there's that great moment where um you know you don't even have to know that the doctor's an alien and all of a sudden she's like don't worry they're only hunting aliens and then he just gives her that look and she's just like oh you're kidding me it's just it's just yeah. right you know <laughs> yeah yeah i love that uh, I also think yeah, it's weird I, that we actually haven't talked about David Tennant yet. But go, go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh well, um, you know, I just, well, I mean, there's so much that can be said about David Tennant as a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, it is. It is a really great 
uh, introduction for Martha, and it is one of her best episodes. Um, I'm glad, too, that even when she leaves at the end of this season, we do get three episodes with her next season. Um, oh, yeah. Not including mm-hmm. the, the finale with everybody. Uh, even though they're not, but, like, you know, they're not the best showcase for Martha. She's still she's still great in those, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and I'm just glad that we got them, because I, mm-hmm. I was so sad to see her go so early. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea that she was going to be leaving at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and you were, you and... were watching this live at the time. Like, yeah, I was watching this one live at the time, so I had no idea that she wouldn't be the companion the next season. Because I was like, Rose was two years, so she'll get two years, right? And, mm-hmm. and then that's not what happened, and I was sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do, uh, I, I do really like Martha, and you know, we don't get a whole lot of her, but I like what we get, and I like their relationship. And you're right, her character does get sort of the shaft, but I like her chemistry with David Tennant so much mm-hmm. that, you know, it. I just kind of take it for what it is, I guess. Oh yeah, no, definitely. That's not, it's not a slam against, you know, it's not a slam against her. It's just like, you know, she, she just, I, I really wish she had had a season like Donna because, you know, season four is very much about the doctor's relationship with Donna. Whereas, you know, back half of this season, a lot of the doctor hanging out by himself or dealing with the doctor alone, um, or Martha right. alone, as opposed to them, which is why I really think this works so well because it is, you know, they're they're not that they're forced to interact together, but it's just straight them interacting. There's only like two scenes where they're not together, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it once they start hanging out, like they're them running around. Like I love, granted, I love running. I think Russell T Davies doing the running thing, like say what you will about it, I love it. I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Um, this has some really fantastic running where they're just running through you know hallways and corridors and it's just it's lovely to see them just like doing the doing the running thing and it's just it's just great you know yeah definitely um yeah but but yeah i mean let's go ahead and talk about david Tennant since we haven't uh done so on the show yet Mm -hmm. um you and i anyway yeah uh you know david Tennant. i you know we talked i talked a little bit about how i i feel like he's at the top of his game in season three um, mm-hmm. kind of knowing exactly what he wants to do and being the doctor that he's always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, going into season four, he's, you know, reaching the end of his journey or whatever, and he's sort of yeah. a bit uh, tired, I guess, that kind of mm-hmm. doctor. Um, but here, you know, he's just he's just phenomenal, I think. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And he, he's just got the crazy manic energy, and and he's just the right amount of cocky and 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 he has all of these little these little quirks and and things like you know like the banana thing and and <laughs> and the 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 little shop thing that he mm-hmm. he has he's got like a Oh, you have a little, little shop it's so nice i always love a little shop like it's just, yeah. it's just great or even even my favorite is still probably the best thing about this episode when it comes to him is still the part with the shoe um when he zaps his where he absorbs all the radiation in the room after taking out the leather motorcycle thing and he you know kicks the radiation out of the shoe and then he like takes the shoe rips it off and then throws it in the trash can and martha's like you're mad he's like you're right i looked daft with one shoe and then he takes off the other shoe and he's like barefoot on the moon and you're just like yes it's just (laughs) it's just lovely yeah yeah he's what he's awesome and he's just Mm -hmm. he's got so many of those little quirks uh, mm-hmm. That I just I love it. There's just so mm-hmm. many of them, and I think my favorite scene in this uh, for him um, and him alone is like uh, the the scene between him and uh, and the the uh, what's her name a plasmavore, right? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. yeah, like between him and the plasmavore, uh, where he, <laughs> he she, like there's the conversation where it's like it's so much like a Bond villain kind of situation <laughs> where he's getting kidnapped, but he's just trying to get all this information out of her. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's so funny, like the way the way that he comes in and decides that he's going to act like just like a person in the hospital, and he's just like, "We're on the moon, and there's space rhinos, and we're on the moon, and have I mentioned the rhinos?" <laughs> and then it's he's just... like, "And I used to I work in a post, and my wife always says, don't work in the post office.' It's just it's just like it's just such it's so good. It's it's great. yeah. It's he's funny. like, and that's that's hence the bunions. <laughs> 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 he's just he's it's just so full of of life and energy um mm-hmm. in this episode and I, I just i love it mm-hmm. and he's always thinking like that's the thing i like about it is he's you know he's he's really fun and bright and colorful but he's also he's got that quality where like it's very davisonian and mccoy uh, where those two doctors have this way of they're constantly thinking through what they're doing even though they don't necessarily show it you get the you can see just behind their eyes that their brain is turning at a million miles an hour and it's it's really good for him and while you know i mean i personally to me matt matt smith is second to david tennant although matt smith you know potential to beat that um and i kind of want him to if only because good lord how good would that be but like david tennant is still my favorite and and you know this is a really good strong good strong showing for him in just about everything. Like, I love I love the part where they turn around the corner and a Jadoon shows up and scans them right in the face and he's just like... And they're, like, not human. And then Martha's like, oh, my God. And then, then the doctor's just like, run! And then he grabs her and they just chase down the corridor. It's just so great, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just... Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, he's just so manic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just... You can't help but love him. He's just... He's like a living cartoon character. It's... Mm-hmm. It's but it's it's fantastic. I I mm-hmm. love it and I I love that he I I just I love that you get these doctors in this new series, and you know they're continuing to uh, we're we're on the eleventh one now, mm-hmm. and we're they're continuing to sort of find their own footing and be their own man. Yeah, and and I'm I'm getting more and more impressed as we go along because, you know, when we get to the twelfth doctor eventually, like. What could that guy possibly do? What what in the world could he possibly be like? I, don't I have, have no, no idea. idea. I don't have a, I don't have a clue, and yeah. and I think that's that's part of the reason why it's so exciting. Um, as sad as you are to see the previous Doctor leave, it's so exciting because you're just like, what is the next guy going to bring to the table that no other Doctor has? Like, mm-hmm. and 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 every time I'm impressed, and you know, mm-hmm. I was impressed at the end of Eccleston and David Tennant showed up, and I I was just like, wow, this guy is nuts i love it and then you know the same thing with with matt smith you're just like the guy is like a mad scientist and it's brilliant <laughs> and and yeah so like you know uh david Tennant is just is just phenomenal in this and he's he's just oh he's so good he's just uh-huh. so good one of the things that actually strikes me about this and i i keep i keep thinking it because like for the longest time all i had ever seen was you know the eccleston and then the tenant and before i had even gotten into matt smith um, all I had was just David Tennant as reference point to the Doctor, which is, you know, for so many people, the reference point. Because, like, as much as we love Christopher Eccleston, the people who say that Christopher Eccleston is the reference point for the Doctor, they're, they're few and far between. Which is, you know, if Eccleston had had more, there would be more reference points for him, or based on him. But having gone through, and at this point, you know, I, I've seen so many classic stories at this point, 
it's it's weird to see David Tennant be his own man, but at the same time be so quintessentially Doctor, um, mm-hmm. which is it's 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 amazing. I mean, I think I was watching Runaway Bride a few months ago because my friend and I were watching through it because she's never seen it, um, and I was watching Runaway Bride, and I think they were on the rooftop, the scene with Donna and uh, the Doctor, the rooftop where Donna's explaining how she got to be married, and I remember just sitting there, just thinking like, "Holy crap!" Not only is this you know, David Tennant, but it's also like the doctor who, you know, I'm watching a completely different story for this week's blog. And, you know, I watched Tomb of the Cybermen last week and it's weird to watch it as a doctor context in that, you know, he's, they're all the same character. Like, that's the thing that blows my mind every time is like, you can watch Matt Smith, you can watch David Tennant, you can watch Eccleston, uh, Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Davidson, Tom Baker, Hartnell, Troughton, Pertwee, and McCoy. And every time, you're still seeing the Doctor, but you're also seeing such a completely unique take on the Doctor. And it's just, it's mind-blowing to me, just being like, that's the Doctor. And it's the same, like, the guy who went through this is the same guy who was at the end of the world. It's the same guy who was in The Invasion. It's the same guy who was in Vengeance of Veros and Castrovala. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me, watching it and realizing, like, the context of that and having all these reference points and seeing, you know, where David Tennant kind of crosses into a line of McCoy where he goes into the room and has a plan, but he's also, you know, acting like a completely insane person kind of in the way Troughton would act. And it's, it's, it's just interesting watching them kind of, the doctors kind of weave in and out of each other. And that's why I really love popcorning and the way that we're doing for this. And we do it on my blog. Like, it's just, I love watching the popcorning of, you know, how the doctor interacts in certain situations, knowing that he's been through all these things and how, you know, he'll act a certain way as he did before, but he'll also act completely new. It's, it's so, you know, interesting to me. Yeah. And how it does that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then as, as far as just the episode goes, uh, you know, I just, I, I do really like the story in this and I think that it's not, it's not a powerful story like like um, the end of the world is, but it's just it's just a really fun one, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's, and, it's like uh, the eleventh hour almost. Like granted, the eleventh yeah. hour is better than this because um, you know not much is better than the eleventh hour. But you know the eleventh hour. One of the criticisms that I heard leveled against that story when it first came out was like, well, it's not the best of stories. And it's like, well, no, but you know it's not supposed to be the best of stories. It's just about throwing out. Martha and the Doctor, seeing how they work together, introducing Martha, kind of reintroducing David Tennant because you haven't seen him in a while, and just seeing what happens. And the Eleventh Hour did that, and this does that, and the, you know, as as that, if it if you go simply by that, this is just a success, a resounding success in every sense of the Absolutely. word. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and I love it when when Doctor Who takes uh, simple concepts and oh, yeah. and you know and and just takes these these very very simple concept and build a story around it you know in this case backwards rain oh god yeah. <laughs> and i just and... it's just such a simple thing where you wouldn't ever think about it but if you actually looked outside and saw it raining upwards you'd be like well that's really weird <laughs> <laughs> what's happening <laughs> i now? just i and i love that that like that would have never crossed my mind until watching this episode where you know i watch it and they're like uh it's raining upwards and i'm like wait what does that mean and then they show <laughs> it and i'm like Oh, that'd be so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's and, one of those uh, things. You know, you're that, right there with the characters. And I, I yeah, it's that. one of those things. Like last week, I talked about you know uh, Davies having those really cool ideas that are science that that are sci-fi based and like you know psychic paper upwards rain 
right there. Like, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, his imagination is, like, his imagination just knows no bounds. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's stunning to me every time that I watch this, just seeing, you know, it's very simple, but at the same time, it's very Effective. eloquent and, yeah, it's just imaginative in every sense of the word. Like, seeing a hospital on the moon and just, like, you know, space rhinos. Like, space rhinos, for goodness sake. Like, I would kill yeah. to come up with a great idea like that. It's, it's yeah. great. And it's I, I love, too, that uh, like I love everyone's natural reaction to them being on the moon, mm-hmm. which is like shock and awe at first, and then just pure unadulterated terror. Oh, like yeah. at all of a sudden, it's just like one person screams, and the whole hospital just loses it. Yeah, and uh, then there's running down the corridors, and then and like of and then that's the that speaks to Martha's character because Martha's instant reaction is like it's just so rational. And like she just goes, she just goes. Let's open the window. Versus like we'll get all the air out. And she's like, but there, there's no air to get out because these aren't airtight windows. And it's and you know she is the one person in the hospital who doesn't panic. The one yeah. person, and it, you know, that's why the doctor gravitates towards her. It's just, it's just great. And that's what, and it speaks to her character, which is what the story needs to do, and it succeeds. Yeah, I also, I really do love the out of uh, out of time sequence for the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, situations and the way he reacts to them, which is, mm-hmm. he did. He doesn't just be like, you know, she's like, uh, so it probably wasn't smart for you to be walking around earlier, and he's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and then, and, and she's just like, you were out there, and he's like, nope, I was in my bed, and she's like, well, you, you talked to me, and you took off your tie, why would I do that? <laughs> and he's not <laughs> saying it like, he's not saying it like, I don't believe you, he's saying it like, huh, I'm gonna be doing that later, and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's... I, I love so that. Strong. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love I um, loved seeing him in that hospital bed cuz I remember the first time I watched it I was like, "WTF? How did the doctor do that?" And then, you know, all of, and then all of a sudden he's in the hospital bed and he's talking about it and I'm just like, "So, are you just lying to her and being a dick or are you, you know, doing something else?" And then, you know, at the end you find out that it's just, you know, he hadn't done it yet. It's just it's lovely. And it's a little I hate the term, but it's a little timey wimey. It's a little, it's a little bendy, but it's you know, it's not as bending as it could be. But it's don't, still don't really don't wild. hate a term that Stephen Moffat coined. Don't hate no, a term. I, I will I will hate coined. it all I want if if for no other reason than because you know it was cool the one time and then he just can't ever seem to escape it and it's kind of annoying. Personally, that's my problem with it. <laughs> that's because everybody is just crazy about Blink. Um, yeah, which is which yeah. is fair. Not hating on Blink. Blink is great. It's just not my favorite Stephen Moffat. Yeah, no, it's shot. it's not. It's everyone says it's like the greatest episode of Doctor Who, and it's like mm, no, because he's barely in it, so it really can't be the best episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. It's like it's like yes, Love of Monsters is a great episode, but it's not the best episode of Doctor Who because the Doctor's barely in it. It's just a good story. I don't know, um, man. I listened to a, an audio play. This is totally off topic, but I listened to an audio play this past weekend, which was one of the five greatest audio plays I've ever heard, and the Doctor is not in parts two or three, or even most of four. Like, it's... And and that was still one of the best Doctor Who stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, it, and so, like, I don't I don't agree with that sentiment, personally, but I think I think what you say does have certain merit. Um, yeah, I... No, merit. see, I, I don't think... I don't think it can... I, it can be a, a like Blink could be the best episode of Doctor Who, but mm-hmm. only because it is in the series called Doctor Who. But it can't be <laughs> the best Doctor story if there's no Doctor to be had in it. 
Um, okay, yeah. That's, in terms that's, of great doctor stories, about. yeah, I wouldn't agree. I would not agree right. to say it's like one of the best doctor stories, but in terms of like the context of what is Doctor Who, I think it's yeah, it's it's great. But it's it not, is technically you know. a Doctor Who story, so yes, it could <laughs> technically be one of the best Doctor Who stories. <laughs> um, but you know, when I when I think of Doctor Who, I think of the Doctor, and that isn't a Doctor story at all. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, so I that you know, but that's just me. It's just a good sci-fi story, and I think that's that's different. Yeah, no, I, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, I think uh, I think we've pretty much exhausted Smith and Jones. Uh, I don't I don't really have anything else to say about the episode. I don't know about you. But, I think I'm done. Uh, okay. Uh, so before we move on, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. And you place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off um, on, you know, like your first issues and, and you know, mini series and, and the like. Just, just there's different specials every month. And uh, you can you get regular discounts of forty uh, percent off all the other books. Plus, if you pre-order your collect editions, like trade paperbacks and hardcovers and omnibuses, omnibuy, omnibuy, omnibu, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> absolutes, uh, you get fifty uh, percent off all of those. So, if you know you're going to buy one of those ahead of time, you should do that through DCB Service and save the fifty percent because that's quite a bit to save. That's half. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that. But that that's, that's those, half. But those that's, things ain't cheap. A, let me tell you. I, I yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you know you're gonna spend seventy five dollars on a, on an absolute or a hundred in some cases, um, why not spend fifty instead? Just saying. <laughs> I think, I think prudent, that makes sense. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and uh, you only pay five ninety five in flat rate shipping. So that's another thing too. Is like, so you want that absolute, but you don't want to get it until you another one comes out that you want. You want to ship them together. That's fine. You just it, they'll just hold on to it for you, and then when the next absolute comes in, you're like, okay, now you can ship it, and it'll only cost you five ninety five. That's awesome. Which is which is great. So, I love that. Yeah. It also incentivizes you to almost get like one month's worth of comics in one in one round. Because um, right, I'm exactly. I'm seriously considering going to DCB service um, just in general, and like you know. Not, not uh, this is horrible for the spot, but yeah, it's it. You know, if I were to do it like that, one order flat rate shipping, do it, getting your comics once a month, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. Plus, I know all the guys there, and they're awesome. They're like, you know, Cameron, the guy that owns the store. He is the nicest human being on the planet. Oh, Literally, the, the nicest human being on the planet. Like, you talk to him, and you're just like, it's like there's like a beam of light behind him. Where you're just like, oh, I feel so good when I talk to you. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's ludicrous. It really, it, it's like he has a superpower. I think he's a mutant. Um, so anyway, uh, that's DCBService.com. Go there and I order stuff. They also own InStockTrades.com, so same site, same mm-hmm. same people, same everything. And I've been in their store, the DCB Service like store, front store, mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome in there as well. It's like a crazy, never-ending library of trade paperbacks and hardcovers. It's it's just it's just insane. I think um, it's best so I anyway, haven't been there yet, to be honest. Because I would just, I would um, just probably in. since they give their discounts there. Yeah, I would um, I would probably just hand them my credit card and be like, go have fun. You know, yeah. Just, like everything, everything there is you know thirty eight percent off. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, next week, what do we got? 
Uh, next week we're doing The Green Death, which is a third Doctor story, third Doctor Joe, the final George, Joe story, actually. Um, it's a unit story. Uh, Joe Doctor... just returned in the Sarah Jane adventures, yes? Yeah, yeah, that was Joe. Yeah. She's right, really with great. The, with the her. crazy big lips. Yeah, yeah huge, yeah. giant mouth, giant mouth yeah. Joe. But I, giant, yeah. Giant mm. mouth, yeah. It's actually it's actually really interesting because I love I love Joe and I think that if you want to understand Joe as a character you actually have to watch her last story because I think you know you watch her last story and she's and she's it's it's really strong really really well done um, one of my one of my Pertwee Pertwee one of my favorites um, of the Pertwee era um, and it's just it's really strong really good and for those of you who have Netflix uh, in the U S it is Netflix instant streaming so there's really no excuse to watch it it's six parts but it's you know, it's a raucous good time. There's a great dress-up sequence, which is just magical, uh, which we are going to talk so much about. Um, Can't wait. Oh, it's it's totally good, uh, six parts, but, you know, what can you do? Also, the one... I've, I've, I've enjoyed our break, but I'm looking forward to getting back into the classic stuff. Yeah, same, same with me. It was, it was weird watching, because um, I always watch, whenever I watch the new series, I always watch it sequentially, so it was really weird to go in and just watch, like, a standalone story. It was really, it was really nice to watch it like that. It was, it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was quaint. Oh, I also forgot to mention the, um, the magic markers that the Jadun carry, I think, are really funny. Um, I forgot. Oh this. yeah, I I thought that was that the moment where they did it the first time was really funny because you're just yeah. like oh god what are they gonna do and they're just like yeah. mark and yeah. you're like, oh that's it all yeah. right <laughs> um yeah so yeah next really week funny. is Green Death and then the week after that is Horns of Naimon God rest our souls um so excited to talk about that when you don't even know so excited we shall see we shall see uh, also this week episode one forty eight of Geekin. Which uh, it, you know continues our countdown to 150 and the end of Geekin. Geekin will be no more as of 150. Um, that'll be the last episode. And that's end of an era, just, man. Uh, three weeks away. So oh, uh, Geekin extra. I don't know what that's going to be this week. Um, just look for an episode. I don't. Need, maybe we won't even have one. I don't even know. I've, I I kind of have a feeling it'll probably end up being Greek. Uh, we'll probably be talking about that series. Um, since that just ended for both of us. So mm-hmm. Randy and I will probably be talking about that on Geek and Extra. I don't know, though. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, movie Night at Geek Show. Last week, we did No Country for Old Men from the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that turned out to be a really good discussion of that film. And, uh, and, and me being the only person who doesn't like Beth Grant in it and think that she's a cartoon character and completely out of place in that movie. But Which one was she? To hear, to hear more about that. Uh, the mother-in-law. Oh okay, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, we'll, go ahead, go on, go on. There, there's uh, there's there's quite a bit of discussion about that film in that movie night at geek show. Uh, this week we're talking about the apartment, which is a uh, a uh, is it B- Billy Wilder? Is that his name? I think so. Uh, yeah, Billy Wilder uh, directed film, and mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna be talking about that this week. Jack Lemon, love Jack Lemon. Oh yeah, he's great. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the apartment. Got that coming to me on Netflix uh, Monday, I think. So I'm really looking forward to watching that. It's going to be our first really classic film, um, like old school black and white classic film. So I'm really excited to be talking about something like that on the show. Uh, Geek Show Soundcheck this week brings you episode three featuring the bands Guster, Bright Eyes, The Go Team, and and others, amongst others. So uh, go check those out. And if you haven't checked out episode one and two, and the uh, the Geek and Extra episodes uh, that we did previous to those, uh, go check that out on the Geek Show Soundcheck feed, and uh, that's that's with me and uh, John Pavlich 
So you should definitely go check that out. And of course, check out the other podcasts like Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, and uh, a couple of geeks. Uh, all at geekshowentertainment.com um, where you can go and, uh, you know, comment on the site and stuff. Let us let us know how we're doing on this show uh, because, you know, I know there's a lot of you listening, but you're, you're not a lot of you are going to the website and telling us that you listen. So you should do that. Uh, also... <clears throat> If you haven't left an iTunes review, please do that because that helps us out a lot. We are a Doctor Who podcast. There are a lot of Doctor Who podcasts. So if you want us to succeed and you want other people to listen to the show um, and enjoy it like you do, like I hope that you do, uh, please leave an iTunes review if you haven't yet because that is how we're going to stand out amongst a crowd of other uh, Doctor Who podcasts. We already have... Uh, we are we're, we already have a uh, you know a negative against us in that we're both American doing this show. Um, so oh, see, right I, the- that's interesting because I heard I, li- I was listening to someone the other day and like uh, I was I was actually talking to someone and apparently there's this YouTube channel that is you know they pride themselves on being American Doctor Who listeners and I, I think it, and it's it's interesting because apparently uh, those from England really love American perspectives on the show so I think that. I maybe that helps us. You never know. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. then. Um, but either way, uh, help us out. Help us out by uh, leaving an iTunes review, and that that helps us stand out and um, get us noticed. Because when somebody searches Doctor Who in uh, the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store, they get about thirty-five podcasts before they get to us. Um, yeah. So you know, keep leaving those iTunes reviews, and we keep moving up the ladder. Uh, so mm-hmm. please, please do that. Please, please, please. Uh, and then also you can email us tdc at geekshow.us and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. And, uh, um, you can also follow me at, uh, twitter.com slash Scott commentary where I live tweet films. I've done Robocop alien and I just recently did Superman returns. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and then, and then Matt, you are. Twitter.com slash Gungadin. Uh, you can find me every week reviewing a classic series story um, this week. Uh, we're, last week we did uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, which is one of my top ten favorite stories of all time. Just great. Um, uh, this week we're continuing on the gravy train because I've been doing this for a year. God God help me. That that for sure. Um, and uh, so we're doing uh, – we're going right back to the beginning actually. We're doing An Unearthly Child, which is the first ever story uh, ever produced for Doctor Who. And it is it is very interesting uh, one of the best first episodes I've ever seen of anything. Just, inter- and especially because it's just, it's interesting to see how Doctor Who starts, and it's really, really good. Like, just, I've heard one of my friends tweet, like, when I when I was about to get into the classic series, was like, well, it moves really slow. And, it, and I watched it, and I was just like, wow, you were so wrong about this. It's great. Highly recommended for all people. It's not really the next three, because the next three are whatever but the first episode everyone should go find it and watch it because it's just magic so yeah hmm. All right, you then. will be watching it soon you make no mistake you will be watching it soon so okay <laughs> I already for those for those who haven't heard which I guess would be no one I'm, I'm giving Scott a, a couple of a classic series to watch over break um, when we're watching the new series so that he can actually have a bit, mm-hmm. he can watch some of the really great ones that I we're not going to be discussing on the podcast for a long time. Yeah, because uh, I guess in case some of you don't know, when uh, when we take a break from the classic shows because the new episodes are coming, uh, Matt won't be on the show. Brandon yeah, will be coming yeah. back and to discuss the new episodes, and then Matt will return after that. So 
It should be nice. I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to just listening because that's that should be nice. Not that I don't mind doing this, but like it's nice. It's nice to just take a break and just kind of live by myself for a while and explore the Doctor Who of my of my own, which is nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. Although, uh, you know, don't forget we do have that other secret super secret project. That we're oh God, on. yes. I'm yes. I'm so excited. Every so often, I'll flip through Netflix and just be like, maybe I should. No, nope. Saving it. <laughs> Saving it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I can't, I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting that we're doing it, and then I remember randomly, and I'll just be like, "Oh, yes." <laughs> An excuse um, to watch so, more science fiction. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, guys, uh, we'll talk to you next week with Green Death. Bye. Oh yeah, looks forward to it. See you guys.